We'll be looking at Psalm 118 today. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask His blessing upon the services. Heavenly Father, again we approach Thy throne not in our own strength and not on our own name, but in the precious name of our wonderful, merciful Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, in whom we have access to Thee. And only through Him do we have access to Thee. And we bow before Thy throne of majesty. Thou art a great King. Thou art the King of glory. And we bow before Thee and pray that that uh, the Lord Jesus Christ would be magnified, would be glorified today in the preaching of the Word. Oh, Lord, give us a fresh glimpse of Thee, we pray. Fill our hearts with joy as we toil through this world. and uh, Fill our hearts with joy and give us the song which only You can give us and which You gave us at our salvation. And we sing praises to Thee. We love You and praise You and give You all the glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Psalm 118, Psalm 118, the name of the message is Christ is our song, Christ is our song, we'll be reading the first 17 verses, and this is a psalm of how God's steadfast love endures forever. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for he is good, because his mercy endureth forever. Let Israel now say that his mercy endureth forever. Let the house of Aaron now say that his mercy endureth forever. Let them now that fear the Lord say that his mercy endureth forever. I called upon the Lord in in distress. The Lord answered me and set me in a large place. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear what man can do unto me. The Lord taketh my part with them that help me. Therefore shall I see my desire upon them that hate me. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. All nations can pass me about, but in the name of the Lord will I destroy them. They can pass me about, they can pass me about, but in the name of the Lord I will destroy them. They can pass me about like bees. They are quenched as the fire of thorns. For in the name of the Lord, I will destroy them. Thou hast thrust sore at me that I might fall, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my song and has become my salvation. That's our text. And it goes on, the voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tabernacles of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord doeth valiantly. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord doeth valiantly. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. Now as Christians, we look at the Scriptures and we see what our brothers and sisters in Christ have went through. We see in the Psalms what David went through, various situations, times of great joy, times of great trouble, times of great sorrow, times of great affliction. But one thing is constant that we see through all those and that we see through all the scriptures when our brothers and sisters are going through trials and tribulations, be it false, false teachers coming up, we see the Lord sustaining them all the time. We see the Lord giving them strength. And we see them always giving God the glory for what He's done. Always. And experience is always one of the best teachers. 
And it's not what we see others go through in, in the Scriptures, but we also, experience-wise, we experience, we can look at the Scriptures and say, wow, I've experienced that too. And the Lord took that believer through. He's going to take me through too. So we can get great strength from that, can't we? And great joy knowing, knowing that our brothers and sisters in the Lord have went through the same thing. And they, we, what do we see them do? We see them continuously come before the Lord and lay whatever the affliction is. We always see David laying the afflictions or the trial or the trouble or whatever he's going through. We always see him laying at the feet of the Lord, don't we? Always. Continuously. Continuously. Laying the whatever trial it is, whatever situation, at the feet of our well-beloved. Because he cares for us and he's concerned for us. And what comfort the believer has in knowing that it is the Lord who helps us. It's the Lord who helps us. Look at verse 5. I called upon the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and set me in a large place. Now tribulations and patience comes our way as believers, but our hope and our trust is the Lord who keeps us as we battle. Not only do we battle the enemies of the Lord, but we battle our own sin, don't we? Like Spurgeon said, we're our own worst enemy. We battle our own sin. But the Lord keeps us. And He helps us. Though a thousand snares are laid in your path, only he, who, only he who made you a Christian can cover your head. Only he who is the captain of our salvation can protect us. And only he can carry us safely through the bombardment which awaits us as we journey through this life. And it's a bombardment. It's a bombardment of our own sin. It's a bombardment of trials. It's a bombardment of tribulation. All from all sides. It compasses us, doesn't it? But remember what we looked at last week? The Lord's our shield, isn't it? And he's an all-encompassing shield, isn't he? Remember the devil came up and said, just drop that hedge about Job. And the Lord said, you can touch his substance, but you can't touch him. He's a shield around us. He protects us. So I'd like us to consider verse 14. And I'd like us to take note of a little little sentence in verse 13, though. Look at this. Thou hast sore, thou hast thrust sore at me that I might fall. But look at look at this little statement here in verse 13. But the Lord helped me. Every believer says, The Lord helped me. He helped me when I couldn't help myself. And he continues to help me all through my life. He helped me. And as we believers live here, we know that we could never help ourselves, right? In the, in the, in the, think of this in light of our salvation. Could we help ourselves out of the pit that we were in? Absolutely not. But the Lord helped me, didn't he? Trials come up in our lives. Various situations come up. Things that seem impossible to us. Things that seem like mountains to us. And the Lord levels them plain. <laughs> what? Because the Lord helped me. And that's, what the, that's when we can look back, as I said, experience builds that in us, doesn't it? Because we can look back and go, wow. Norm and I were talking about a situation that came up for Norm. 
And Vicky and I have a, a saying, and Norm bought it up. He says, well, that didn't catch the Lord by surprise. And anytime something comes up in Vicky and I that we were surprised by, we always say, well, that didn't catch the Lord by surprise. He already knew it was going to happen. You see, but what great comfort we can find in that as believers. What great comfort we can glean. And then we can look back and say, the Lord's helped me. He helped me through that situation I was in there that seemed impossible. And yet he leveled it like a plane. He makes mountains disappear. Mountains of trouble to us. And remember, like one old grace preacher said, we always blow things up more than what they usually are. We can do that. As we, as we stew about something or we get anxious about something, we can, we can blow the situation up far bigger than it really is. Than it really is. But oh, every believer says, the Lord helped me. He helps me in time of trouble. He helps me in times of sickness. He helps me when times are good. He helps me when times are bad. When I, when I think times are bad, you know, because all things work out for the good for those who love Christ Jesus, right? But to us, sometimes the situation, we look at the situation and go, what in the world? But it's working out for good. It's working out for good. And we know the Lord's helping us. Remember this, beloved, no matter what comes our way, he is an ever-present help. Even the stuff we see going on in the world today, right? We see some stuff that's pretty wild right now, don't we? I remember a grace preacher telling me years ago, he says, Wayne, I've lived through six presidents and my life's never changed. The Lord's always taking care of me. He takes care of his people. Let us always keep our eyes upon him and not upon the circumstances, knowing that all these things are working out according to his plan and purpose. And what peace that can bring us as believers. What wonderful peace that can bring us. He is an ever-present help. And he has helped us with the most serious problems, problems that we could never help ourselves with. And what's the most serious problem? Our sin. Our sin. And he's helped us, hasn't he, brother? He's helped us. He's helped us with our sin issue. He's helped us with the penalty of our sin. He's helped us with the guilt of our sin because he took it all and he bore it all. And he paid for all the sins for all his people. And they cry out with David because of what he's done, especially for what he's done for us, for our sins. The believer cries out with David. The next verse, verse 14, the Lord is my strength and song and has become my salvation. Is that true for you? This is true for me. The Lord is my strength and song and has become my salvation. Our Lord Jesus is, is the true treasure hid in the field of the Old Testament, and particularly in the book of Psalms. Who else but he is the stone refused by the builders? It's made the head of the corner. We see that, we see that in uh, verse 22. The stone which the builders refused has become the headstone of the corner. That's Christ. That's Christ, beloved. And who else but he is spoken of here in verse 14 for the believer. The Lord is my strength and song. It has become my salvation. All true believers may truly say as David, he is my strength. And it's personal. He is my strength. 
and he's become my salvation. Is it so with you? Rejoice. See, it's personal, beloved. Oh, my. Now, in what, so- what sense is Christ our song? Because it says, He is my strength and song and, and has become my salvation. Christ is our song because He is the main object of our hope and trust. He is the main object of our hope and trust. Isaiah 12, 2, if you want to turn there. Isaiah 12, 2, the Scriptures proclaim this. Behold, God is my salvation. God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid, for the Lord Jehovah, all capitals, is my strength and my song. This speaks of Christ, beloved. The Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also is become my salvation. Very similar to what David's saying here. The Lord is my strength and song and has become my salvation. The Lord himself, Jehovah himself, is my strength, is my song. My song goes up to him. And he's my salvation. He did it all. He did it all. Now think of this. Christ is our song because he's the object of, of our praise and thanksgiving. 2 Corinthians 9.15 says this, Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift. Christ himself is the unspeakable gift of God. We are freely given salvation in him. How? By the grace of God. By the grace of... We don't deserve it, do we? Not at all. And the believer can proclaim that that this grace given to us in Christ is absolutely unmerited. Absolutely undeserved. Absolutely unlooked for. Were you looking for Christ when he found you? I wasn't. That's amazing grace, beloved. See, religion says, oh, you, you got to find him. No, he's got to find us. We were lost. People say, I found Jesus. Well, he wasn't lost. We were lost. We were dead in trespasses and sins. He sought us out like that lost sheep, remember? He sought the lost sheep out. That's us. That's us. So this salvation is unmerited, undeserved, and unlooked for. Believers not looking for Christ until God starts to make us willing. But it's all the work of the Holy Spirit of God drawing us to Christ. Drawing us to Christ. And he is all our hope. And think of this. He is all suitableness for our sin, isn't he? Because he's the perfect, spotless Lamb of God. And he is the only sacrifice that God will accept. So he's an absolute suitable Savior. And he's so precious to the believer. And and I want us to really, I want us to really think upon this. We are complete in him. That means there's nothing for us to do. Now that's good news for sinners. That's wonderful news for sinners. 
The believer is complete in Christ. And that's where we rest, beloved. No wonder David cried out, the Lord is my strength and song and my salvation. Because he was taught, just like you and I are, that salvation is all of the Lord. And that we can't save ourselves. So the believer lives in the enjoyment of Christ. We live in the enjoyment of Christ and and his fullness. What a complete Savior he is. Think of the fullness. He's full of grace and truth. And he's our all-sufficient Savior. We just looked at that through the book of Colossians. He's the all-sufficient Savior. That means there's nothing to be added. And so what joy the believer has in their heart. He cries with David, or he or she cries with David, the Lord is my strength and my song and has become my salvation. Now the Hebrew word for song here is translated a song of praise. A song of praise. Music, a melody. Think of this. Was Christ, was Christ your song before you were saved? Absolutely not. But now we sing praises to him. He's the object of our faith. He's, he's the object of our love. And we sing praises to our great God and Savior. He's the object. Is he not the object of your joy? When you're down and distressed about things, When you look to Christ, does it not fill you with joy? And then we rejoice. We're filled with a song for our great God and King. Psalm 43, 4 says this, Then will I go unto the altar of God, unto God my exceeding joy. He's not just our joy, He's our exceeding joy. Yea, upon the harp will I praise Thee. I'll sing a song to Thee, Lord. How many times have we just been doing something and we start singing a hymn? No one else is around. We just start singing a praise to our king. My. Or even in our hearts we're singing something to him. And no one, we don't do it to show, well, I'm, you know, we're not, we're not. No, we do it because of the joy that flows in our hearts, beloved. Or we, we're, we'll be listening to scripture. No one else around. And we start weeping. Or, we, or we're filled with joy unspeakable. My, what a Savior we have. He fills us with great joy. And think of this, Christ is our altar. And he's not just our altar, but he's our sacrifice. And he's not just our altar and sacrifice, but he's our priest. He he covers it all. This fills us with, with exceeding joy. And we join in praise with the saints of old. Remember who the saints of old praised? Christ. The Messiah, they were looking for the Messiah. They were looking to him. And they were filled with with joy. And they praised our great God and King, the Lord Jesus Christ. Turn, if you would, to Psalm 71. Psalm 71. And then put your finger in Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. Psalm 71 and then Luke chapter 1. Christ is our song, beloved. He's the object of our song, and and we sing praises to him alone. 
Look at in Psalm 71, verse 23. My lips shall greatly rejoice when I sing unto thee, and my soul which thou hast redeemed. We sing praises unto our God because he's redeemed our souls. He's redeemed our eternal souls. Now turn, if you would, to, to Luke chapter 1. And, and our souls, like Mary, magnify the Lord. We magnify the Lord. We rejoice in him. Look at Luke 1, verses 46 and 47. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord. Magnify. You can't praise him enough. And my spirit now hath hath rejoiced in God my Savior. So the believer rejoices in God who is our Savior. And we see that in our text. The Lord is my strength and song and has become my salvation. And only those who know him, only those who are born again of the Spirit of God, can say that Christ is our song. And only he can reveal himself to us. As I said, he's unlooked for. Until he reveals himself, and then we run, don't we? Because we're made willing. In the day of his power, beloved. And, and think of this. What makes Christ especially the believer's song? Well, true believers sing and have Christ as our song when we consider who and what Jesus Christ is in himself. He's the God-man. When we consider Stop and ponder sometime during the day of how our Lord was, he's, we know he's the word who was with God and was God. Ponder that fact. Just ponder. There's, a, there's an article called The Eternity of God. And take a look at that. And, and, and the writer brings out millions and millions and millions and millions. He's still God. He, he's always been God. He's dwelt in eternity. Just ponder that. Just ponder that sometime. And then think, he became a man to redeem my soul. My. It'll fill your heart with joy. It's amazing. It's truly amazing. No wonder Mary said, my soul doth magnify the Lord. When we start to to meditate and consider who Christ is, what he's done, it's stunning. It's absolutely stunning. And he's the believer's song. So when we consider his excellencies, how he's perfect, perfect in holiness, perfect in righteousness, the perfect man when he became in his incarnation, the perfect sacrifice, the perfect mediator right now, when we consider the excellencies and perfections of his person, it leads us to praise and worship him. We'll lift our hearts up in praise to him. Oh my. Think upon his perfections as God, infinite, eternal, unchangeable in his being, unchangeable in his wisdom, unchangeable in, in all his, his thoughts. And think of this, his power is infinite. There's no restraining his power. That's the one who saved us. Why? When we start to ponder that, 
and consider that? No wonder David said, the Lord is my strength and song that has become my salvation. Oh my. We ought to sing of these wonderful truths because who is like the Lord? No one. No one. We ought to to sing of him as our Savior because he's my salvation. Psalm 8, 1 says this, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Who has set thy glory above the heavens? And then Psalm 36, 7 says this, How excellent is thy loving kindness, O God. Therefore the children of men put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. Our trust is in Jehovah, the self-existent one. Turn, if you would, to Psalm 150. This is an absolute beautiful psalm. I, I absolutely love this song. A friend of mine used to sing this back in Canada. and it, it, it's, it's just a beautiful psalm. So when we consider these truths about Christ, it should lead us to sing like David did in Psalm 150. Look at this in Psalm 150. Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Excellent greatness, beloved. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the psaltery and harp. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with stringed instruments and organs. Praise him upon the loud cymbals. Praise him upon the high-sounding cymbals. And then he finishes it off with this. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Isn't that wonderful? He's got a song in his heart. My. And Christ is our song when we consider what he is to us. What he is to us. He's our foundation. He's our food. He's our root. We're the branches. His righteousness is our remnant. Should this not cause us to praise him? Praise him for all he's done. And Christ is our song, praise, which means praise, when we consider what he has done and what he is doing and what he will yet do for his people. He has redeemed us from all our sins, right? On Calvary's cross. We're born again by the Holy Spirit of God, whom he sends. Whom he sent. We're forgiven all our trespasses and sins. We're justified before God. We're sanctified before God. We're made fit for heaven. All because of what Christ has done. And one day, beloved, he will glorify us. He, and you see, from beginning, he's the alpha to the end. He's the omega. And he's all in between in our salvation. It's all him. It's all him. And we will spend eternity in his presence. And what will we be doing? Praising his name. Praising his name. Praising his name. For the great things he had done for us. We need to praise him for becoming flesh. And for suffering and dying in our place. We need to praise him for washing us clean by his own precious blood. We need to praise him for calling us with a holy calling. An effectual calling by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's all his work. 
We need to praise him for what he's done and for what he's doing with us. And he is to be greatly praised. Greatly praised. Does he not live right now to make intercession for us? Praise his name. Praise his name. Is he not guiding and guarding us, enlightening us as we hear the gospel preached, comforting us through his word every day? Praise his name. Give him all the glory. Give him all the glory. Let us praise his name, knowing that he will perform the good work that he hath begun in us. He'll finish it. He'll finish it. And he will receive us into glory. That where he is, there we may be also. And the believer says, praise your name, Lord. Thank you. Because I know I could never save myself. Oh, my. You know, he's the theme of the song the angels sung in Job 38, 7. It says, when the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy. And you know that at his incarnation that they, they praised his name? And suddenly there was an angel, a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. He's the object of their praise. Remember they cry, Holy, Holy, they cover themselves. Holy, Holy, Holy. He is the most ancient song of believers. He's the most ancient song of believers. He is the song of the ancients. Those who believed in him, those who were looking to him, they sang of him as one to come. For they saw him, though it was but through the lattices, the Song of Solomon says. And though it was but through a glass darkly, as Paul said. But they still looked to him, didn't they? They looked to him. He is the theme of the new song. Whenever you read of a new song in Scripture, it points to him. Psalm 33, verse 3. And turn, if you would, to Psalm 98. I'll read Psalm 33, 3, which says, Sing unto him a new song, play skillfully with a loud music. John Gill brings forth about this new song. The mercies of God are new every morning. There ought to be a daily song of praise to him. And so a new song is a continual song, as Christ is called the new and living way. Because he is the ever-living way, or the constant and only one, which always was, is, and will be. Or it may denote some famous and excellent song as as a new name, is an excellent name, an unknown and unspeakable one. He's a new song. Look at Psalm 98, verses 1 to 4. Oh, sing unto the Lord a new song. I ask you who believe, do you not have a new song in your heart that wasn't there before? A song of praise to our Savior? I do. <laughs> and I know some of you from talking with... with that you have a new song in your heart that wasn't there before the Lord saved you. But now we sing praises to him. Oh, sing unto the Lord a new song, for he hath done what? Marvelous things. Has he not done marvelous things for us? 
His right hand and His holy arm hath gotten Him the victory. That's Christ. The Lord hath, hath made known His salvation. And He makes it known to His people, doesn't He? He reveals it. His righteousness hath He openly showed in the sight of the heathen. Christ is the righteousness of God. He's the righteousness of His people. He hath remembered His mercy and His truth toward the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all the earth. Make a loud noise and rejoice and sing praise. Beloved, he is the theme of the New Testament song. Turn, if you would, to Revelation 14. Revelation 14. Ever since his coming in the flesh, all the saints have been singing of him. As one already come, rejoicing in him and showing forth his praises. And when we are regenerated by the Holy Spirit of God, and we are, when we are made new creatures in Christ, we learn this song. We learn this song. Revelation 14, verses 1 to 3. And I looked, and lo, a lamb stood in the mount, on the Mount Zion, and with him 144,000, having his Father's name written in their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven, as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of a great thunder. And I heard the voice of harpers harping with their harps. And they sang, as it were, a new psalm before the throne, and before the four beasts and the elders. No man could learn that song but the 144,000. This picture is God's elect, beloved, which were redeemed from the earth. These are the elect of God, a multitude that no man can number, marked out from eternity, marked out from eternity with the Father's name written upon their heads, sealed by the Holy Spirit of God. And this song they sing is a song born of experience, inspired by gratitude and intended solely for the praise of the Lamb of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a song sung by many from many places, which is many waters from every tribe, kindred, tongue, and nation. Oh my, it's a song of majestic wonder, indicated by great thunders. Great thunders. It's a song of of great joy, inspired by electing grace. It's a song of particular, special, accomplished redemption. And the ones singing are those who were redeemed from the earth. Not redeemed with all the people, no, but those particular people who were redeemed, who were given to Christ by the Father. Redeemed by His precious blood. Christ only redeemed His people upon the cross. He didn't die for everyone. He died for His people. And He redeemed them. He purchased them. And it's called a new psalm because it's about blessing and privileges of the new covenant and a new experience of grace, the resurrection of the body. And we sing praises to our God in the night season when troubles come and trials happen. The believer can still find joy in our Savior, can't we? We find joy in Him. Think of this, Paul and Silas sang while they were in prison. And He is the one who we gather here today to worship and praise and adore. So the question comes before us all. What is Christ Jesus to us? What think we of Christ? Do you have this new song? Has he given you this new song? Do you rejoice in him? Oh, may God grant you faith and repentance to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ if if he is not your song. And may he become your strength and your song and your salvation. And God's people, he is everything to us, isn't he? He's all that. And we thank him. We thank him for his goodness. Heavenly Father, we thank thee for this beautiful psalm psalm of how it shows that the Lord Jesus Christ, our great God and King, is our song, our strength, our song, and our salvation.
Oh, Lord, may we glorify Thee today. May our hearts be lifted up in praise when we sing. And may our minds be drawn to Thee, the wondrous things You've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen.